You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us.net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. At the next exit, turn left. Oh, I don't know, Siri. The next exit seems to be an off-ramp to a, a, a bottomless pit. Turn left. Do it. I get lost a lot when using my GPS. And it often tells me to turn into areas that I don't expect to be going. And uh, it's horrifying. This movie we'll be discussing, called The Next Exit, is that description, but with life. Whoa, man. This film, <laughs> Next Exit, directed and written by Molly Elfman, starring Gavin Powers, Joe Powers, Katie Parker, uh, Karen Gillian makes an appearance. Raul Coley as Teddy and Katie Parker as Rose or Blossom or Firefly. She doesn't know what name to go by. She's having an identity crisis and so is Teddy. As we delve into uh, their past and their time together, we kind of start to realize why they're having these hauntings. I am going to back up a bit and explain Karen Gillan's character, who's kind of a cameo in this. Yeah. She plays Dr. Stevenson, and she is proven without a shadow of the doubt, uh, of any of the doubts, that not only do ghosts exist, but we can communicate with them. Well, ghosts, but just an afterlife. <laughs> right. Not just ghosts, but the actual afterlife. And she's going to do this study where people should volunteer to, for lack of a better understanding on my part, kill themselves so she can track their journey into this afterlife. So Rose and Teddy are both, you know, they they meet at the car rental place. He can't get the car because his, 
driver's license is about to expire and he's like does it matter do you know where i'm going and she can't get the car because she doesn't have a valid credit card so they team up and they have a a romp of a time touring the country from new york to california getting to know each other hate each other perhaps like each other as they head to their final destination (laughs) no pun intended at least there wasn't (laughs) no backlog trons I'm not going to talk about this alone. I've talked about this enough, I feel like, already. No, some people are with me. All the lovely ladies of one of us are with me tonight. I have someone who would hold a seance with uh, the deceased WWE wrestlers to explain why AEW (laughs) is the leading brand of wrestling these days. Jordan is with us. Okay, you think I'm going to get into contact with Macho Man Randy Savage and ask him about... What he thinks of AEW. No, fuck no. I'm going to get in contact with Macho Man Randy Savage and Owen Hart and get some fucking juicy stories, especially Owen Hart, who is the king of pranks. Also with us today, someone who probably has the most masterful, awesome, chill, and a kind of retro uh, playlist you could have while taking a road trip. Rose is with us. Boo. Not the one from the movie. And also, someone who <laughs> hasn't seen Oculus. What? Melina is with Ma'am. us. I have, I have since seen Oculus. I will have everyone okay. know that. Oh, because right. I, sus- yeah. I, say. Brad, I suspected, Brad, that that's what, you were, that, that's what my <laughs> intro was going to be. <laughs> well, now you're like the most purest Flanagan purist ever. Yeah. I've seen all of them. If I were a Mike Flanagan purist, I would have loved this too, just by the fact that his name is in the credits. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a diet Mike Flanagan. <laughs> it's perfect reviews over now we have some some cast some of his um staples what do you call it when when someone works uh, katie parker and uh royal coley especially who lead this movie are flanagan cast members from a lot of the netflix series and also there is a thank you mike flanagan in the credits towards the end there but this is in fact as i said earlier directed and written by Molly Elfman, uh, Danny Elfman's daughter. What? Not that it matters. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Right? So what did you think of this film? And does it live up to its opening premise of the spooky scariness? Well, I don't even think it was trying that, to be. <laughs> it had plenty ah. of chiller moments in it. But like knowing now that his daughter uh, directed it, I'm really sad they didn't find a way to incorporate Dead Man's Party into the soundtrack at all. Right? I feel let down by that. <laughs> Two out of ten, uh, literally unwatchable. <laughs> no Bone Daddy songs from Course Ride? I am highly disappointed. Um, I will say, this wasn't horrifying. This wasn't scary. There were some scary moments, but honestly... I found this movie utterly fascinating on the premise alone. This stripped-down, pseudo-realistic sci-fi genre piece. Yeah. The afterlife is real. What? How is this affecting people? And, you know, they actually do some really good world-building, like how there are some people that'll put themselves out in the road and wait to be ran over so they can cross over. 
when I did read this premise, I was intrigued, but I wasn't sure I was going to personally review the movie because I'm not one to shy away from personal experiences involved in reviews. I have tried to commit suicide a few times. And what this movie gets, like, especially in the case of Rose, in how even when she's doing better, there is that ghost of hers, that darkness that's following her that is making her want to push that self-destruct button that says it won't be any better with you around and i've had to deal with that voice several several times last time i dealt with that voice uh i had to take uh as we call it a grippy socks vacation for a bit Mm. yeah and it honestly helped me, but what I found, I thought this movie wasn't pro- wasn't going to do too much with its premise, given how, you know, small scale it was, but it honestly exceeded it. Well, everything you said, Jordan, just now is what fascinated me about the premise, coming into it, having seen the trailer. And honestly, I will say this, the trailer is one of those few in this day and age that does not give the entire film away, including Mm -hmm. most of the spoilers for the plot. Um, But yeah, I came into this thinking, wow, what a, what a, a really enticing idea. The idea of that we live in a world now where the afterlife has been confirmed. And now there's this, there's this company that essentially is recruiting people to cross to the other side so that they can study it scientifically. And that makes you wonder, God, what are the implications of that, uh, positive and negative? What, how would you, how would you wake up every day knowing that this is the world you live in now where death is not the end? It's merely a bridge to another form of living. And I thought that's a, that's a brilliant idea. And I just so wish that I thought the movie had explored that in a way that I found in any way interesting. Instead, what I watched, I thought was for the most part, kind of a lame rom-com road comedy with all the tropes involved, where I didn't really care much about these characters at all. Yeah, they're, I mean, Rose especially is just a complete and total mess. And she starts off being a pretty unlikable person like very much a character trope but uh yeah this is not someone that you would want to like willingly get onto a road trip with i guess even if you were you know not going to be around for much longer um but they they both (laughs) felt like people that i've met before no no names in particular just you you know people like this both of them um and I don't know, I it, it did have a tone problem. It did seem to not be able to determine what it wanted to be because, yeah, it bounced from, like, supernatural thriller, slice of life, road trip, rom-com, just all these different movie things kind of smashed together. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I liked both the leads, but you know me. I don't just not like characters, no matter how hard they're trying to be hated. Uh, Rose especially seems to be very off-putting in the way she speaks to other people and the way she takes conversation. But it did lead to a lot of really good dramatic performances between uh, her character and uh, the character of Teddy. So it pays off in the end. 
I'm not sure why there is even a ghost premise or an afterlife premise at all in this I thought film. the same thing. By the end of it. My biggest gripe with like that that whole aspect of it was the the kind of initial kicker and admittedly I, this is like really bordering on nitpick territory but the the one video that like you know went viral and proved to the world that ghosts exist is this little boy playing uh, cards with his dead father's ghost and all that and i'm thinking just one video like where is where are the people that would say you know oh this is fake or like do movies not exist in this universe would nobody call bullshit on this immediately <laughs> And there were like 20 seasons of Ghost Hunters. <laughs> yeah. This would be one of those two times where I'd want someone as annoying as, say, the quartering to be like, look at this. <laughs> yeah. If they had had that aspect, if they had had like a couple newscasts or something overheard on the radio in the car, but, you know, people voicing their dissent and disbelief and whatnot over it. But it seems to be the exact opposite. You just, the, the only response you seem to glean from the other people in the world that aren't our two main characters is a news ticker in the bottom saying, you know, suicides and homicides have jumped 8,000% of people, you know, now that they know that there's an afterlife and stuff. I'm thinking, but why? This is just a single video. Like, I, like, I do get what you're saying. I, I honestly do. And I'll, I'll admit the premise, the idea, that the, the fantastical element does seem to be more of a plot driver. It, uh, you know, just gets the plot where it's going. And I, I will say, I do personally love and adore this movie. I actually think it might be in my top ten come the end of the year. Uh, personally. <clears throat> but I... Re- but I really did find how, but I did like this aspect. Whereas, you can you you could go to one or two different directions. You can go into a big spectacle about it and explore the underworld and see all these fascinating characters in the afterlife, or you can see how it affects people now. It, it, how it affects us back here and. All the social norms. Like, I even love this great scene where they meet with a priest, Father Jack, who's Catholic. And now it's just like, well, I guess you're a fucking job, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> and, even, and even he's like, well, I think, you know, great scientific discoveries and religion should probably go hand in hand, right? And, you know, in a perfect world, that is how it would be. Yeah. But yeah. sadly, we live in this uh, capitalistic hellhole, so no, it won't. And also, really, Catholicism, you're going to let this deal with Catholicism? That's a whole other thing. Uh, sure. Well, and that one scene you're talking about, I think, is an example of so many moments of potential this movie had. You know, the conversation that you feel like they could have between somebody like Katie Parker's character who is bitter, just wants more than anything to just let go of life. And this devout priest who is completely against this study even going forward, I'm like, that is a seed of a great idea and a great conversation that could lend itself to, you know, the theme of the film. But once he's gone, I felt like that was just dropped. And that happens with almost 
every yeah. character they run into. It's like they feel less like characters and like real and less like real conversations than they do just walk-ons who are meant to represent some attitude toward life and death. And then they're well, gone. that I mean, that's what I. That's also what I kind of expected with the road trip aspect. Like when they meet this uh, obviously PTSD riddled soldier John, who tells oh, yeah. Yeah, who tells them a very dark-as-hell story while playing the ever-so-jovial game, Never Have I Ever. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like, oh, God. This is, there are, like, only one or two ways this scene with this character is gonna end. Right. <laughs> and I did find that captivating. But, yeah, I, I, I think I honestly appreciated the rather low-key, low-stakes approach more, because it really... Because, again, t- I, I, I like this idea. Having this big, huge implication of how that'll change the world, but through, like, the lens of just how it goes about everyday life, and not following, like, corpor- greedy corporations or conspiracies and so on and so on. Like, I really love Raul Coolia's performance in this movie. I am so glad he is getting way more leading leading acting work to really show. Oh, yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Stars on the eyes. Just, yeah, put the guy in leading man status. He deserves it. Which I I still need to see. Yes, please feel free to come at me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take the leading status into leading to, to, to our final thoughts. Jumbled that a bit. Rose, would you start with the final thoughts, please? Uh, yeah, I I think I enjoyed this movie more than I didn't. Um, it's it's not perfect, but for a directorial and writer-torial debut, uh, I have to give great commendation. I mean, this was a fantastic first effort, and... Molly, you know, continues along this path and, you know, kind of learns from the the flaws of this movie. She's got a great career ahead. Um, the the performances of the two leads are pretty fantastic. Uh, I think they have pretty dynamite chemistry together. They initially in the beginning kind of reminded me of how um, a friend of mine and I kind of interact and, and how our, our two personality dynamics are. And I know he's listening to this. Hi, Dave. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it was a pretty decent movie. It it tries to take a stab at some pretty heady, thought-provoking kind of topics and things that it just kind of points at but doesn't really get too far into. But it, it does make you think af- afterward a little bit. Um, the I thought the ending was just a touch saccharine, but wasn't bad. Um, and I am going to give it 7 out of 10... Uh, ghostly fireflies. Oh, very nice. Uh, Melina, please. Um, well, like I said, this is a concept that I'm fascinated by, and it's an idea that I really respect. There's so much about this film that, on the surface, I enjoy. I like the idea of two people who are in their own separate ways, kind of at the end of their rope and through the relationship that the two of them have to build reluctantly, at the start of it at least end up kind of coming to a new understanding about life. And it's like, again, that's a, that's a great idea. 
I love the idea of someone making a film that takes a grand premise like this one posits and just keeps it very grounded, keeps it very on uh, on a human personal level. It's like what M. Night Shyamalan does when he's at his absolute best. Um, and there were elements in this that I liked. I liked the performances a lot, especially Raul Cooley, who I think is just, like we've said, he's fantastic. Katie Parker, um, it's not her fault, but I just was never really in, I never liked this character. And Karen Gillan, I don't even know why they bothered to get her. She gets nothing to do in this movie. They had her on set for a day to do her Elizabeth Holmes impression. Exactly. (laughs) And yeah, you even think that maybe with everything that they've been building toward that she is going to play into the resolution of this somehow, but she doesn't. There's a lot of this that feels like they had the potential to really go somewhere and you're waiting for them to do it and then they just kind of drop it. Really, you strip everything else away from this. I'm like, it is a rom-com road movie and not one that I think is particularly interesting or unique. In fact, it's pretty freaking cliche in some points. Yeah, I I ultimately just kind of went in... I went into this with a lot of hope and a lot of uh, fascination and I just kind of came away thinking, all right... Uh, I'm going to go watch Oculus now. Um, But yeah, so I give this five out of ten stacks of pancakes. Oh, nice. (laughs) Jordan. I really love this movie. I I did like the grounded approach so well. And the leading performances are great. And I think think the reason I love also uh, Katie Parker as Rose is because, again, I've kind of been in that situation i've 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 tried to make a lot of progress of not being such a fucking shithead drunk in my life and again and and part of that is what led me to that feeling of hopelessness of feeling like all i gotta do is just disappear and everything will be much better for it I will agree. I don't like the cliches that do pop up as they go further along on the trip. Like, oh shit, I think we might like each other. And I do have some issues with what happens in the third act. But I will say this movie has incredible direction, some wonderful cinematography, amazing performances, and great chemistry among two captivating lead performances and I really found myself fascinated by how low-key such a high-concept idea was done it it really got to me on some level again this is one of my now personal favorites of this year so I'm going to give it nine QR codes out of ten (laughs) did y'all catch her her password Mm-mm. No. no. When she's on the phone and she has to give her password to the whoever it is, the the representative, and she's like, "It's thirty-seven oh, FML." I was like, "Ah, oh, I uh, see yeah, what you fuck. did there." <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I remember. Yeah. Fuck my life. I'm, I'm too. I think I'm too old to understand that. It, thirty-seven FML. Fuck my uh, life. It means. Yeah. <laughs> fuck my life. Oh. Of course it is. Which I could be saying after Tuesday. So for me, the the movie opens up with this big premise. It opens up with the afterlife exists. Are you going? 
book your trip today. And when films open up with huge ideas, my brain is like, it leeches onto that. Like if I lived in this world, I'd be like, how could I con my way into getting rich off of this? Uh, the priest says you can't take it with you. Yes, you can. Ghost coin and invest today. But no, there's nothing like that. The only thing about this new world is everybody's killing themselves. And that made me think, like, it was kind of like the old world, isn't it? Um, but I did enjoy the road trip. And the, for what the movie actually was, I thought these two were very cute together. And angry together. And all the big emotions together. So this is really a... What's that called? An actor's acting type of story. Like, I bet both of them, when they read this script, were like, yes, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Because that parking lot scene made me feel, well, do people actually talk like this to each other? But the emotion and the delivery and the impact of the words they were saying really shook my soul. And I thought it was something beautiful and very special. So if you can get past... The big ideas of what would the world be like if there was an afterlife where the movie's not really interested in answering that question. I think you could really enjoy this film. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 dog sitters who maybe just bought a dog without realizing it. 